Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Nola Pizza in the Nola Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Walk around the French Quarter any night, go to any music club from the Bywater to Uptown, or join any second line, and you soon understand New Orleanians' perspective on life. We're open-minded and accepting. Famous people move here because they discover nobody's judging them in New Orleans. Everybody's equal. By and large, that's true. But might I suggest there's one thing we're all judgmental about, and that's our position in the state of Louisiana. We're one of the most famous cities in the world, so we tend to implicitly believe if someone moves here from, say, Lafayette or, or Lake Charles, they're coming here because New Orleans has something something to offer that they can't get at home. Both of my lunch guests today challenge that preconception. They both are bringing something unique to New Orleans. Trip Goolsby moved here from Lake Charles. If I tell you he lives here, but he still keeps his original office open there, what business would you assume Trip is in? Oil and gas, law? Actually, Trip is an MD whose clinic, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, specializes in what they refer to as age reversal. The clinic employs progressive medical strategies that aim to treat a wide range of conditions from fatigue to debilitating pain, and in some cases they claim they can eliminate chronic disease like, like diabetes. Trip, this isn't the kind of business we'd normally expect to see imported here from Lake Charles. Welcome out to lunch. Well, thanks for having me. And off to Lafayette. This story is a little more traditional, but only because it's about food. Uh, Manish Patel grew up in New Orleans, and he moved to Lafayette for college where he studied architecture and graphic design. After graduating, Manish stayed in Acadiana, in Lafayette and Karen Crow for 10 years before moving back to New Orleans. And this is where food comes into the picture. Manish's father had spent a career in hotel kitchens, first in Mumbai, India, and then in New Orleans, and when Manish came back home, he started making Indian food, specifically an Indian street food called doses. First, Manish sold his doses at pop-ups, then he moved to a space in the auction house food court, and in 2022, he opened his own Indian street food restaurant, Tava. Manish Patel, welcome down to lunch. Thank you. Trip, there is one major preconception that every single human being on Earth subscribes to, with the possible exception of theoretical quantum physics. Uh, and that is, time is like an arrow moving forward. As the, as the time moves on, age, friction, gravity, abuse take their toll on our human bodies. Eventually, our bodies wear out and we die. We call the process aging, and although nobody wants to be a victim of it, we mostly try to accept it as gracefully as we can. So when a medical doctor with three decades of experience as an oncologist comes along and claims to be able to reverse aging, that's going to attract attention. So let's start with the most basic question. Medically, what do you define as age reversal and how do you measure that? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> so I think there's a, a, 
basically, as you were saying, our bodies, our bodies deteriorate very progressively over time. And that, that starts when we're about 25 years old. And as, as that evolves, there's just a very subtle change in all the function of our organs. So as that happens and all the, the little subtle abnormalities get together, they create, uh, I'm going to say, a population of cells that really don't work anymore. And they don't, they call them zombie cells or welfare cells. Doesn't matter what you call them, they just don't work. They consume resources, but they don't give back, so to speak. So they're, they're not functioning, a functioning part of any organ anymore. So after, if you think about that, that population's growing and growing. The good population is shrinking and shrinking. And, and so over time, and that's every organ in our body, every bone, every muscle, all, any, any, anything in our body that lives for another day deteriorates a little bit every other day. So, This so, is very optimistic. I'm glad I brought you on. <laughs> I'll say something good in a minute. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, but... The, the thing about it is, you know, we, we judge our age by our birthdays, right? And no matter what we do, we can't change our birthday, right? It's chronological order. You, you can't change it. But biologically, biologically, if you repair or you replace some of that subtle dysfunction that's occurring over the course of time, you can biologically reverse the aging process, temporarily at least, until you get your optimization, so to speak. And then after that, after that then as we see new products come out or new, um, new approaches uh, to use, that's kind of what I do. I stay on top of that literature and that science so that so that we can we can if something comes up I can offer that to the people that come to see me. Manish, it's widely accepted that a restaurant is one of the most challenging types of business to make a profit. So instead of moving to Lafayette to study architecture, you might have worked in Lafayette's many highly regarded restaurants. The advantage of that kind of career path would have been you would have learned how to run a restaurant before you opened your own. But given the success of your restaurant, Tava, and the personal accolades you received as a chef, it seems like you didn't need to go the traditional route. Without any experience, how did you navigate the infamous pitfalls of opening and running a restaurant? Oh, buddy. Uh, I think I just I took the challenges as they came. Um, I didn't grow up in restaurants. I grew up more over in catering. So I was around kitchens all the time. I was around food all the time and clients. But the day-to-day -day restaurant operations, I kind of learned on the fly. Just kind of faked it till I make it, you know? <laughs> um, and it's, it's been a real challenge and a big eye-opener. Um, lots of hard work and sleepless nights. But you sure. had a lot of things going against you. I mean, you had, uh, you had the pandemic, you had... Uh, Hurricane Ida, and then some tough time getting very, very specialized um, ingredients and machines. Was there a period we just said, heck, I'm going back to architecture? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I, I tell a lot of people that uh, I, was, I was raised in the kitchen. You know, from a young age, I was always cooking with my, my dad, helping him with different events and things like that. And so it's just in my blood. And... Um, I'm also a creative person, so I use food as my creative outlet. And so I guess that's what keeps me going. And Trip, people will say sometimes, uh, you know, I'm 60, but 
The doctor says I have a body of a 45-year-old. What are they talking about there? Uh, that's a that's a really a great question. I, I think each of us has a you know our what we inherit from our parents, our gene, the genome we inherit from our parents, and that genome can be activated in different ways. So more or less, if you live the same lifestyle and kind of like your parents did, you're going to get more or less the same outcome. Uh, but if you live a different way, for example, and and we have the means of finding those things that we can avoid, uh, getting a genome, getting a whole genome sequencing or some, things like that. We can actually find out those areas that we actually can live differently and enhance the outcomes of our, of our genome. So uh, when you see somebody that's, that looks, you know, that's 60 and looks 40, what that means is that their lifestyle, in, in part what that means is that their, their genome is is actually behaving and the result of their genome's actions and their immune system and how their bodies are and how their organs are, are aging is generally slower than the average person, so to speak. Is there like a like an approved test for something like that? Yes, there is actually. There, there are a few. We use one that's a, a kind of a third generation test and it actually it's actually predictive for our, our actual biological age, our biological age that, that has resulted from how good our organs are functioning. And then on top of that, it can actually tell us the speed with which we're aging. And that's critically important because you can have a youthful biological age, but you can be consuming it twice as fast as, as, uh, as a normal person. So, so making changes if you have that information it's great information and you can make the changes and that that doesn't include just uh, kind of integrative medicine and using stem cells and all those things it actually you know conventional medicine is probably helping that although there are no studies at this time but i imagine those are going to be forthcoming in fairly short order manish when i think of indian food and i'm not an expert i always think of uh like a lot of rice and a lot of uh, curry but yeah. you're main food is not like that. Um, why? And can you explain what it is? So um, what we're known for is dosa, and that's a fermented rice and lentil crepe. And it's served with uh, a few different accompaniments, um, sambar, which is a lentil and vegetable soup, coconut cilantro chutney, and your choice of either potatoes, uh, garbanzo bean curry, or lamb vindaloo. Um, that's, that's like the most popular thing that we sell. And I wanted to focus on that. There's so many other restaurants around the country, and around Indian the restaurants, world. and around the world, yeah. that focus just on rice and curry. And there's so much other beautiful food in India. Uh, and street food specifically, it's, it's not just about the food, it's about the people and, and the show that they put on. Um, and so I wanted to I mean, highlight that. That's what I was gonna ask you about. You know, um, you mentioned that it's, it's somewhat you know, entertaining in addition to delicious. Absolutely. Uh, you know, at the we have an open concept kitchen, so um, we actually make our doses right there on the on the kitchen counter. Uh, so you can sit there and watch us firsthand make it, and it's just part of the show. Trip. If I were to ask my GP about your kind of let's say medicine or program, what are they likely to likely to say? The thing about the thing about the practice of medicine right now is that we have so many so many challenges from a from a perspective of maintaining 
um, maintaining the flow and, and that, that it really almost precludes a good follow-up of, of information in our fields. So uh, somebody, somebody that fields a question, uh, a conventional reactive medical doctor that would field a question from a patient um, might, uh, might say, well, you know, I, I don't know that much about it, and so I'm, I'm incapable of giving you advice on that. Or they might just say, in in trying to in trying to abide by the Hippocratic oath, you know, first do no harm. If they don't know if there's harm or anything being caused, then they would probably say, well, you know, I don't think you should do that because they're trying to protect their patient. But in terms of uh, so that's a that's the answer I was looking for. In terms of. Uh uh, how well known this is, uh, likely that that doctor might not have a great grip on what you're doing at the program? Um, more than likely. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Dr. Trip Goolsby from Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center and Chef Manish Patel from Taba Restaurant. Manish, the other part is, you know, we understand pop-ups and they're, they get a lot of issues as well and, and then uh, the food court uh, was was a great place you got quite a following but opening a brick and mortar restaurant is just some other level how did you get um, the courage and the background to try that out you know I ask myself that question a lot <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think I was just so immersed in like the the cooking aspect of it. I, I needed to scale it. I needed to continue it. And so I just dove right in. Took a leap of faith in myself. Just dove right in. Do you think at some point uh, Indian food will be like the way we think of Italian food and Chinese food? Is it, is it gonna grow? You know, it's already growing. Uh, I think I counted between pop-ups and brick and mortar restaurants between Kenner to New Orleans to West Bank. There's maybe. 12, 13 Indian restaurants, you know, in, in various scales. So um, it's growing. And, and around the country, not just food, but just South Asian in entertainment and in all aspects, it's growing heavily. So. And Trip, you know, I have to laugh. Americans are most likely to want to just take a pill, not to have to, you know, continuously do something, you know. And you're asking them to be in a program. Um, you know, we're all lousy at uh, oh, uh, staying on diets or resolutions are all. How do you get people to stick if you, with if it? If you say so, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been proved. I, <laughs> so you're asking them to, you know, make a commitment to stay with something. Uh, um, how's it work? So uh, we have a kind of a four pillars program where we focus on, uh, well, we focus on physical, nutritional, um, the uh, the balancing of that hormone and metabolic environment that uh, that optimizes their sense of well-being in that, um, and then the mind-body. So, so critical component of uh, the care is knowing how we knowing how we can best respond to challenges in our lives without creating an adversarial environment in our body, and uh, actually the. Uh, CDC came out uh, probably less than six months ago saying that 85 to 90 percent of our health comes from how we think about so what we our challenges. Call mindfulness something like that exactly so part of the part of the compliance or the um, 
uh, kind of the way we help our, our patients stay within kind of the guidelines of their, their singular program is to help them reframe their challenges into something something like you just said, oh, this is going to be difficult or this is going to be hard. Well, if you affirm that, then you're going to make it hard in your mind before you, before you ever even attempt it. And so actually changing that mindset to saying, well, this is, this is going to help me achieve what I desire, that's totally changing the ball game. And so I, what I do at the very beginning, not to drag on, but what I do at the very beginning, I have them create what I call a successful health image. And that successful health image is actually what they're projecting their desired outcome to be within whatever frame of time they want to put it in. And so we, we go through that. It's all affirmative statements. So it's all affirmative mindset. And then the accountability for that becomes much easier. And we've seen some, actually, some really great success stories with people who not just in the, the health component of their lives, but in their, you know, their social lives, their financial lives. Their, I mean, it, it has impact all the way across the board. And it's, that's really exciting when that happens. And Manish, one of the things I enjoyed uh, in, in the research about you is that you've made a concerted effort to uh, pay your folks uh, a good wage. I mean, that seems to be the basis of one of the big problems in New Orleans here. You know, eventually people have nowhere to live in the service industry and all. Um, what did you do? Did you come up with a, a compensation plan or what was it? I've watched a lot of other restaurants and, you know, $2.75 or, or whatever that rate is right now is, is kind of unthinkable. You know, how, how can someone rely on that? Let's say we have a slow day. So you're walking home with $15. If, you, if no customers walk through the door. And, and you can't pay rent with that. And so um, we decided to do a tip share, tip pool. So everyone from the dishwasher, bartender, host, and servers, cooks, everyone, they get tipped out. Which means it's a higher hourly wage, which then falls down to the business owner. We have to fit that bill, right? But it's, in my opinion, the right thing to do. It makes it a lot harder for the business owner, for myself to do that. but. I genuinely feel it's the right thing to do. And, and honestly, sometimes it's still not enough. You know, we just put in uh, 20% um, gratuity, auto gratuity. We put it in as a service fee uh, and it's, it's on every single check because our employees count on it. Um, hospitality is a, is a gratuity business. And if I can guarantee my, my employees a certain amount of money, I, I need to put measures in place to guarantee that. And so that's what we've done. Are they appreciative of it? Some are. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a higher base and then you've got mandatory uh, tipping policy that, that should add up. It should add up. Yeah. And, and I find that that's becoming more and more um, accepted. Um, I'm getting a lot of feedback, good and bad, but um, it's, it's an ongoing process. It's new. A lot of restaurants are taking this policy on, um, and some aren't. You know, uh, in the space that we we're in, we're in we're in the South Market District, so it's it's a lot of business traffic, and so we have downtimes like summer. All restaurants are dead, and so how do I keep my my, my team in place without shuffling through a new set of employees every couple weeks? Sure. If every time we have somebody in, 
remotely involved in healthcare, particularly a, a new end of healthcare, the question always comes up, is it covered by insurance or is it covered by uh, Medicare? What about yours? So the there are components of the of the care that are that are covered laboratories imaging evaluations those types of things the um, the components of the care that are using the regenerative medicine the stem cell type stuff and and, and that which really get phenomenal results actually are not so those are not those are not yet uh, deemed standard of care and um, the insurance providers are not are, are not uh, approving them at this point I think there was some um, thought that the VA may be covering some um, some regenerative procedures with uh, platelet enriched plasma uh, but that's just at the very beginning right now so um, I remain hopeful that in the in the years to come that we'll see we'll see approval for those things but um, quite frankly on the other other side of that coin I think the uh, the the delivery medical delivery system needs some uh, refreshment <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> Trip, how do you get past the, uh, oh, when you say age-defying and things like that, the first thing that comes to mind for me is sort of like, oh, those paid-for TV ads and, you know, you know you know what I'm talking about, where, you know, you look 40 and now you look 15 or something like that. That's not the business you're in. No. How do you differentiate yourself? Um, well, just the knowledge base of what I do and, and the the physiologic repair that takes place by doing what I do is um, I'm not sure exactly how I really can differentiate myself but at the same time all of those effects take place over the first three six nine months or so that, that I work with with the patient and unless they have bad degenerative disease and then I have to do multiple procedures and get them back on their feet I mean those all of those things transpire it's what I do is peer-reviewed all of the stuff that I use is peer-reviewed it's data-based and we get we get really great results kind of on the side of this are there do you have competition uh, nobody does what we do Nobody does. Not just in New Orleans, kind of. The, the the program that I do is comprehensive from the ground up, and it, it addresses the the mind body connection. It addresses the physical and the physical optimization. It addresses the medical optimization, and then the nutritional optimization, which can vary from person to person because genetically we there are there is a population of 20% of people that for example that won't respond to a, a to a, um, a calorie reduction diet and you can get that information out of their genome and so as as I look at as I look at the results I get from the genetic tests that I do the DNA based tests that I do then that information goes into planning their program and that program then becomes specific to them and we adapt along the way. Well, I did a test on myself actually. Oh, I, did, I did a test on my, one of the age tests to, to see how old I am uh, biologically. And I'm 68 years old, right? So, uh, so my test came back that I was uh, biologically, and I've been doing this for, as you can imagine, a number of years, but um, my biological age came back at 53. So, 
Uh, so what's going on inside is, you know, maybe maybe I'm not as good a reflection as Venice there, but, <laughs> but at the same time, I know what the physiology is doing on the inside, and it's and I remain very active. Uh, and it's my son's fault. I mean, you know, he he was conceived on my 50th birthday, and basically he's 18, and I'm, you know. Oh yeah, we yeah. can do the math from there. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> very little in life is absolute. Most things are relative. For example, if you expect to find $10,000 in your bank account and you discover there's only 1000 in there, you don't feel good. But if you think you have $10 in the bank, that same $1,000 can make you feel rich. The point being, our expectations can define our experience. How far can you push this if you don't accept the generally held expectation that time and age dictate your health, can you stay healthy longer? If you open a restaurant with no prior experience, can your expectation of success push the way you create a real success? Challenging preconceptions and expectations can be, well, a bit challenging. In the words of the immortal band Little Feet, time loves a hero, but only time will tell. When you succeed at defying conventional wisdom, it's groundbreaking and rewarding. Trip and Manish, it has been great to meet you. I look forward to following your progress on both of your businesses, and thank you so much for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Dr. Trip Goolsby, President and CEO of Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, and Manish Patel, chef and owner of Tava Restaurant. We edited the show to fit into the time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Trips Clinic and Manisha's restaurant by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, it's particularly important today, then you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.